0: The League of Women Voters is a people's organization that has fought since 1920 to improve our government and engage all Americans in the decisions that impact their lives. Formed from the movement that secured the right to vote for women, the centerpiece of the League's efforts remains to expand participation and give a voice to all Americans. Our issues are grounded in our respected history of making democracy work for all Americans.
1: Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Finding Perspectives, focused on empowering and educating our community on voting and key issues impacting all of Arlington and Alexandria. My name is Krista Jones, and I'm excited to host this podcast produced by the League of Women Voters of Arlington and Alexandria City. In today's episode, we will focus on youth behavioral health. Young people show alarming increases in the prevalence of anxiety, depression, and other behavioral health challenges that have consistently increased over the past decade according to SAMHSA, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Last year, the Surgeon General issued a new advisory to highlight the urgent need to address the youth mental health crisis. The advisory pointed out that the COVID-19 pandemic exacerbates the pre-existing mental health challenges and substance use disorders that children and youth face. Arlington has not been immune. And earlier this year, a Wakefield High School student died from an overdose. In this conversation, I speak with Kristen Devaney, Director of Counseling Services, and Wendy Crawford, a licensed psychologist supervisor with Arlington Public Schools, to discuss ways we can all help improve our students' mental health. Thank you, Wendy and Kristen, for joining us today. Can you talk more about, just provide us some background on the school-based behavioral health services that are available today in Arlington?
2: Uh, good morning. Thank you, Krista. I'd be happy to share with you how we have an array of services and supports for students' mental health and well-being in the schools. We have a Variety of professionals that provide different levels of support in order to provide a continuum of care, a continuum of support for our students, starting with teaching them the specific social and emotional competencies aligned with our VDOE standards from the early grades. So, throughout their school careers, we're working with them on self awareness and self management, et cetera, through our school counselors, psychologists, and social workers. Our counselors really are critical in helping to establish the instructional components of social-emotional learning, but they, along with psychologists and social workers, provide more individualized supports where needed. So when students need, for example, to go over specific skills in small group to really get that extra practice and attention to develop them, they can work with counselors or psychologists or social workers to get that experience. And then, of course, we also provide more individualized one-to-one supports for students who need to have their, you know, that kind of support to develop their social and emotional skills, including things like coping skills and self-management skills. And then, of course, we all work together collaboratively to help students connect with external supports when needed.
1: That's really great to hear, you know, particularly because obviously during COVID and, you know, even before that, there has been a lot of conversation about youth mental health. Can you all talk about what changes you've seen in youth mental health in the last few years and how is this similar or dissimilar to what we've seen on the national level?
0: I can talk about that, Krista. So we have seen an increase in students exhibiting anxiety and depression and There's definitely been an increase over the last few years, although pre-pandemic, we were starting to see an uptick with students exhibiting anxiety and depression as though the pandemic and students being home and in isolation really did exacerbate the anxiety and depression for many students. And the last few years, we've also seen students using substances and more at a younger age We've been seeing a lot of students have anxiety, specifically school related. You know, and again, a lot of this really is probably attributed to being home in isolation during those crucial developmental years. And so this does seem consistent with what we've been seeing on a national level. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And then, you know,
1: can you talk more about some of the substance use issues that are faced by students in Arlington and what we have been doing to address them um, and also prevent youth drug overdoses?
0: Yes, I can talk about that. So at, over the past several years, Arlington Public Schools is, has really worked to increase the educational opportunities for not only our students, but our staff and our families and the community by beginning in the classroom and offering presentation for students beginning as early as elementary school, providing staff training and community education conversations. This year specifically, our focus increased on adequately training staff and students and families to recognize and understand the signs and symptoms of substance abuse, more specifically with opioids and how to respond in an overdose situation. So a new initiative this year that APS started was for all APS staff members to be trained on how to recognize signs and symptoms of an overdose, and then also how to effectively administer Naloxone, also known as Narcan, Mm -hmm. which is the opioid reversal. Since the fall, we've been able to partner with Virginia Department of Health, and we've been able to supply over 1300 staff members with their own personal supply of naloxone, in addition to having a safety kit, so having that on their person at all times. We've also installed naloxone cabinets in all (laughs) of our schools, all of our secondary schools in Arlington that are stocked with naloxone in case of an emergency. We've always been close partners with Department of Human Services, but we've recently partnered with DHS to train our high school students on using naloxone, and our high school students are now able to carry their own supply of naloxone in schools with parent permission after they're trained. We've also expanded our efforts with substance abuse prevention to provide education as early as students in fourth grade, so all of our fourth and fifth graders are talking to our substance abuse counselors in classrooms about medication that they might see in their cabinets and learning early about substance use. We've also expanded our education more specifically to our 11th and 12th grade students. Our presentations that we've provided with our substance abuse counselor team, we've provided more presentations this year specifically to our PTAs and provided community education discussions So we can talk to the whole community at large about what we're seeing and how we can help. So I would say this year in general, we've increased our collaboration specifically with DHS, our Arlington Addiction Recovery Initiative, our our Juvenile and Domestic Relations Court, our school health nurses, and also our school safety and security staff as well. Thank you. You know, the American Psychological
1: Association has new recommendations for social media use. Also, the Surgeon General has come out recently with some recommendations. Do you have any thoughts on how social
2: media impacts students in Arlington? Krista, this is such a huge topic. We could spend our whole time together. I feel like talking about social media and the digital age. I think we all know how important it is for students to have the skills to pursue whatever their post-secondary choices may be. And I was personally, I was very delighted to see this come out because it is so aligned with so many of the conversations that Kristen and myself and many others here in the schools are having regularly. And I think that it really highlights some of the different specific areas where we as the adults in a student's life can really take action to help keep students safe. So digital media and information, exposure, management, whatever way you want to describe that is an area where all of us, meaning schools and parents and pediatricians and all of us who are invested in our youth need to work together So in the schools, we are definitely teaching certain skills in terms of both the technology, you know, how to literally access it, but also the effects of what you're doing on technology on how you're feeling. So there are very explicit ways to align, say, social and emotional learning, where we have our competency areas of self-awareness, self-management. Etc. cetera, responsible decision-making. It's very easy to align those with the technology world using uh, developmental kinds of sequences to say, first, you know, first we need to understand, you know, how things can make us feel, how we name those feelings and how we manage those feelings and protect ourselves online against things like hateful language or messages about how one looks or Uh, what they should do or whatever. So I think these guidelines or these recommendations create a great opportunity for us to have common language to talk about those things. And, you know, parents, I think, need to really invest in understanding what schools are doing and, and how to work with their schools to protect their students. So in Arlington, we do have, you know, devices issued to students from the schools and we put into place a number of protections on those devices and including filters and you know recently we updated our filter to work better with uh students Internet access at home and to support parents' efforts to, you know, set limits on what their children can see and, you know, the times when the internet is on or off at home. One very common issue that we face is simply the struggle that parents sometimes have with setting those limits. And so kids who have their own phones or their own devices, you know, may be sometimes accessing those things well into the night. So having conversations about, you know the importance of sleep and healthy habits around you know turning off your devices and minimizing exposure and how schools can help parents and parents can help schools with that effort. You know, it's a really important conversation. And you know I do think that having having these recommendations it gives us a tool so that we can work more collaboratively to target these specific you know concerns that are identified. Absolutely and
1: I think it's really important for us to remember too that we set an example as adults. You know, they're often, yes. we, we say <laughs> or do in terms of watching our interaction with social media. But then also, I think it's really important to note that all social media is not bad. And while yes. there are some, you know, challenges, as you definitely outlined really well, we do have to make sure that we utilize it for its good as well. So, excellent. Thank yeah. you. Such important point. So, how do you all recommend to our listeners who be a mix of voters, parents, youth professionals, how do we as a community help safeguard youth mental health, including preventing drug substance use?
0: I can talk about that. And I'm glad you asked this because in, in APS, as we're talking about, right, partnering with parents and parent engagement is something that it, it's a goal in APS and something that's so important. I think when it comes to talking about mental health and preventing drug use, it could certainly be a challenge, right? It could be a challenge for parents and guardians to talk about a topic that might be fearful to us or talk about a topic when we don't have the answers ourselves or we may not understand ourselves. It's it's definitely always a challenge. You know, I would suggest don't be afraid to have these conversations and don't be afraid to be, be honest when you don't have all the answers but have conversations with with your child about substance use and addiction and mental health concerns. We want to continue having these conversations that students are learning about in schools, right? In schools, they're learning about the dangers of drugs and alcohol and, and how to recognize signs and symptoms of use. The education that we have in the school setting, it continues to focus on mental health, how to access help, dangers of substance misuse and awareness having these conversations at home you know showing students how to access trusted adult both at home and school and bridging that communication and that consistency right it's the consistent communication with schools and homes that will demonstrate the importance of this information, also repetition of hearing the same information. And most importantly, having these conversations both at home and school and schools will help prevent the stigma, right? The stigma behind mental health issues and substance abuse issues and, and hopefully prevent the fear of talking about it more. Absolutely.
2: Oh, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. I would like to just add hundred percent with Kristen's uh, message there, but I would just add that, especially to parents is don't underestimate the power of positive attention on what your child is doing well. You know, we, we all have worries and concerns that we carry for our youth and we, everything that Kristen said is 100% Important and critical that we have to be able to talk about things. But in terms of things that we can do, we can also show interest in what our children are showing us that they're interested in. We can also help them engage in healthy activities and extracurricular activities in a positive way, not in a competitive way, but in a way that reflects their interests and gives them an outlet for their emotions and connects them with others in their life. You know, building those assets and connections is important and it's something that we can all help with.
1: You're exactly right. Um, thank you both for those excellent points. And I think as the League of Women Voters, you know, we obviously have, we have interactions with youth because we do have some student members. We obviously do voter registration in the schools, but we have a responsibility as a community organization, as community leaders, to help embrace our youth, like you said, acknowledge them, support them, Um, and just do everything we can to make sure they grow up in a strong community. So thank you so much, Wendy and Kristen, for joining us today. Thank you for having
0: us. Thank you, Krista.
1: Thank you for listening to Finding Perspectives. We hope that you learned a little more about this important topic and consider how it will factor into your voting decisions. For more information about the League of Women Voters, Arlington and Alexandria City, visit my.lwv.org backslash Virginia backslash Arlington, or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash L-W-V-A-R-L-I-N-G-T-O-N, or Instagram at L-W-V-A-R-L-A-L-E-X-C-I-T-Y, or Twitter at LWV. Arlington, V.A.